With over 25 million blinds sold and 35,000 five-star reviews, there's a reason why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world. Whether you do it yourself or have them handle the install from start to finish, Blinds.com makes ordering custom window treatments online easy with free shipping and a 100% guaranteed perfect fit. Sunshine and barbecues are in the forecast. Upgrade your backyard and window treatment with Blinds.com today and enjoy your new view all summer long. Go to the link in our show notes to shop up to 35% off site-wide. That's the link in our show notes for up to 35% off site-wide. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah, we talking facts over feelings. Check my statistics. If we talking about go, you gotta give me a mention. This is rational hour. If we being realistic, this is rational. They said I couldn't do it, but I did it. Work ethic like mine, but you know that boy is a problem. Tell me when to get them, then I got them. This is rational hour. I'm just keeping it a honey. This is rational hour. Everything you doing, I done done it. Welcome to the Rational Hour, Ryan. I have a very special show today. Uh, we're going to be talking a little hoops. Please help me welcome Joseph Ryan Ward from the Clipset Podcast and Jacob Wayne from Lineups.com. How you guys doing? Good, man. How about you? Good, man. Uh, another day, you know, sunshine, palm trees, California living. I can't complain. Uh, how's life for you guys? Pretty good. Uh, also can't complain. Um, been a fun NBA offseason, so looking forward to discussing it. Yeah, Absolutely. Me too, yeah, thank, uh, again, man, thank you guys for taking the time to come in a rational hour. Uh, we're just going to chop it up about the latest news in the NBA. Uh, you know, a lot of the games are going on in the summer league. Uh, the NBA draft just was completed at the end of July. And uh, a lot of offseason moves with free agency starting at the beginning of August. Um, anything stand out to you right now going on in the offseason? Uh, start with you, uh, Joseph. Anything catch your eye as far as latest news in the NBA? Well, um, the biggest thing for me right now is uh, one of the basketball loves of my life, Patrick Beverly, is no longer playing for the team that I cover. Uh, he was traded um, twice now. Uh, they traded him, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Oturu for Eric Bledsoe uh, in a deal with Memphis. And then Memphis ended up sending him out to Minnesota for Jarrett Culver and one of the Hernan Gomez brothers. I think it's Willie. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, it's a big loss for me. It's a big loss for me uh, just because I enjoyed covering and watching Pat play. Uh, I think it's a loss for the Clippers, but I, I understand sort of the rational reasons behind what they did. Now, Jacob, I mean, looking at the trade in itself, uh, it was kind of a head scratcher to me. I'm interested to see what you think. But uh, was this just a uh, salary dump by the Clippers, in your opinion, or what was your your thinking on it? Yeah, I think there's a few kind of logistical things that they accomplished here, which is uh, the roster gets cut from 16 players to 14, uh, which needed to happen in some shape or form. Um, 
they cut $30 million in luxury tax payments and they pick up an $8.3 million trade exception. And then Bledsoe is going to be a $19 million expiring contract next season. So if any of these young players that we picked up in the second round this year uh, end up panning out, or Keon Johnson, Keon Johnson was a late first round pick, but if any of the young guys end up panning out, we're able to flip those with Bledsoe's expiring deal for kind of a third, not maybe not star, but you know, starting caliber player for the team. I think it's going to be a win in the long term. Uh, but that being said, like I definitely agree that Beverly was just such a crucial part of that team for emotional leadership, legacy, defense, intensity, all of it. So definitely be missed. Yeah, absolutely. He just had that that line heart. Um, I, I really think you know his last play of the season and loss against Phoenix. He had the situation where he pushed Chris Paul to back. Um, that was kind of frowned upon, I think, by management. I don't know if that was kind of a a thing that kind of pushed him out of the door, but um, I don't. I don't think Lawrence Frank was too happy about that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we definitely saw that a little bit with the whole Lou Williams situation. Um, you can kind of tell that the way that the Clippers are run is almost like the Kremlin. So they're all, you know, no information gets out. You know, uphold a good uh, face, and anytime something goes outside of that, they're not very happy about it. Um, I think that probably played a part, but I also know that Pat's injury concerns had been something that the team had been trying to move off of. So that's part of the deal here um, as well. The Clippers brought back Reggie Jackson. Um, Eric Bledsoe is a dynamic guard. He had a a really poor shooting year this year. Uh, What do you see his role being moving forward, uh, Joseph? I think... Uh, his ideal role would be com- like being the, the backup point guard and sort of orchestrating those bench units, particularly with Kawhi not playing potentially the majority of next season. I think, you know, the starting lineup probably should be running through Paul George as, a, as the facilitator and Bledsoe can kind of be the pick and roll force that gets the bench going, you know, getting into the paint. He, he attacks the rim very well. Uh, he's not much of a spot up shooter, but without Kawhi there, I think... We need someone to kind of eat innings as a primary playmaker, and I think that his his primary role should be that. Uh, will the Clippers miss your guy? Uh, will he? Will the defense take a step back? Um, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know if Bledsoe is the point of attack defender that Pat is, but I don't think that the drop off is very big, if if yeah. any. Um, You know, I think the way that I've kind of rationalized it to myself so I don't go crazy is that this move was about this year and getting through this year to raise the floor, right? Um, They're going to have to find a way to get stuff from their players, and Bledsoe does more regular season stuff, you know, points, assists, stuff like that. Um, I don't think that he would this move would be made if Kawhi Leonard was healthy. Uh, I think that this might hurt their playoff rotation, but then again, if they get sort of contributions from guys like Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard that step up and are able to shoulder a little bit more of the load, then not playing Bledsoe isn't a huge deal because not only is his contract an expiring you can get off of next year, it's particularly tasty because it's only a partial guarantee. Uh, the team receiving Bledsoe would only be on the hook for $3.9 million, I think, if they decided to waive him. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting moving forward with the whole Kawhi situation. A lot of rumors that he won't be ready till you know, at the earliest March of, you know, 22. Uh, one, uh, with Kawhi being out for so long, and we'll go with you, Jacob. Uh, 
do you think the Clippers are still a top team in the NBA? I mean, all the talk now is that the Clippers aren't a formidable title contender now. Uh, do you think that's true? And how will they hold form without Kawhi in the loop? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would say is I am kind of preparing myself to have Kawhi out for the entire season. Um, I, With his medical history and how cautious he's been with previous injuries, I'd kind of be surprised if he came back at all this year. But even without Kawhi, I think this roster has a ton of talent, a ton of intensity and heart. And I think they're being slept on. I mean, they're always being slept on the Clippers. But yet again, I think they're going to be one of the teams that makes some noise in the playoffs. Uh, you know, guys, I mean, the L.A. market, I mean, the Clippers uh, get a lot of heat on Twitter, uh, but they are really a formidable, just in my opinion, the franchise since Bomber has taken ownership has really stepped up leaps and bounds as far as a, a landing spot for, for free agents. Um, now, the team across the hall just landed a big fish and the local guy in uh, Russell Westbrook, one of the great players in the league. Um Everyone's counting the Lakers in as pretty much a lock. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say a lock, but basically the the Brooklyn uh, Lakers matchup, everyone kind of wants to see uh, with the Brooklyn big three and now with uh, LeBron, AD, and Westbrook. Um, do you think the Lakers are the team to beat in the West uh, as far as going forward? Jacob, I'm curious to hear your answer on this one. Sure, yeah. Um, I would say that they're the top team but not by much i mean the suns are going to be contenders again the warriors are going to make some noise especially if quay has a smooth return but i mean i'm just really excited to see how it fits with westbrook um i mean there's all sorts of stuff we can get into but ultimately you're looking at a player who isn't a good spot-up shooter and doesn't work well when he doesn't have the ball in his hands playing next to a guy in lebron who should have the ball in his hands all the time especially in crunch time so I just think it's going to be really interesting to see how those two mesh together. I, I agree with that for sure. I, I think the, the biggest question I have, you know, about who's going to be the top team in the West is, you know, is there really truly a juggernaut out there? You know, after all these years of sort of West dominance and having a team that was pretty clearly the number one at the top, mm-hmm. even with the Westbrook addition, I kind of feel like there there's this void of not leadership, but just excellence at the top of it. You know, I think it's a lot of really good teams all kind of vying for a number of spots. I think the Lakers are probably near the top of that, just given the health of some other contenders. I think a healthy Clippers team, a healthy Nuggets team would definitely be two teams you would think about being in that top four that could potentially be seen as the best team in the conference. Um, But without them, the Lakers might just have the star talent you know, requisite to get through the regular season as the number one seed. But teams like Utah, teams teams like Phoenix are going to maximize, you know, basically every game throughout the season because we see that that's what they do. Um, and the playoffs are just going to be, I think, entirely dependent on matchups and health. And that that's what I'm looking forward to. Now, a lot of uh, jokes been made with the Lakers' age. Um, you know, they signed Carmelo Anthony. Westbrook is up there in age. LeBron's up there in age. Uh, how much will that be a factor in the, in the long season that is the NBA? Um, can the Lakers, at that veteran status of their roster, hold form for a whole season? You know, I think I, it's sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Jacob. Uh, I think it's so much dependent on what LeBron James we get. Um, if he can 
maintain play as a top three player in the NBA, which I mean, I believe he can, but he's getting up there in age, he's getting up there in minutes played, but ultimately it's going to come down to the stars for this team. Is Davis healthy? Is LeBron playing at his best? And the rest of the, the rest of those guys will fit in fine. I mean, we've seen, I was not confident in the Lakers supporting cast a couple of years ago when they won the title. And I ultimately don't think it matters that much as long as, as, long as LeBron and Davis are playing their best ball. Right. And if, if the Lakers get another, you know, off season in the middle of the season, I think this all isn't even a question. Um, but in, in a 70 or in an 82 game season, regular schedule, you know, all things considered, I think we have seen LeBron kind of have some injury issues that we've never seen him have. Um, and Anthony Davis has had injury questions, you know, throughout his career. So I think the, the getting of Russell Westbrook is in an attempt again, you know, for the fourth time, I think the Lakers are attempting to get LeBron James some relief. Uh, but they then soon find out during the season that LeBron James is like the best player in the world when he has the ball in his hands. And mm. so they have to lean on him to be successful. So I'm curious to see how that, that sort of, you know, pans out, but they did try to address some of that with some of the younger guys they brought in like Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk. Um, but overall it is a pretty old roster. They're trying to lean on experience again, like they did a couple of years ago. Um, and seeing if they can get through the season is definitely something to, to keep an eye on. I think Westbrook helps a ton in the regular season. For sure. For sure. If you're just talking about a random February road game against Memphis or Detroit or whoever you want to throw in there, like getting fired up for that game, Westbrook's that guy. And right. he's going to have some eye-popping stats this season. He's going to have some sports center highlights. And ultimately, will it come to fruition in the playoffs for him is a real question. But I think during the regular season, he's going to help them maintain top two seed in the West. Right. And that's what this feels like. Um I just think when we when we think about crowning a Western Conference champion, we have to think about what's going to happen in the playoffs. And the Lakers are going to be forced to play basically three non-shooters at all times uh, when it comes down to crunch time. Anthony Davis's jumper has not been reliable. Um, he definitely shot really well in the bubble. Russell Westbrook is maybe the worst volume three-point shooter of all time um, and consistently has trouble with decision-making. And LeBron James, his shot comes and goes. You know, I think he shot, what, 40% over the first month of the season and then shot 30% from then on for the rest of the year. So it's definitely going to be an interesting kind of fit to see what they do come playoff time. I know the I know Zach Lowe talks about all the time how Westbrook literally does nothing when he's off ball. He will stand mm -hmm. there and do nothing if he doesn't <laughs> have the ball. He doesn't cut. He just kind of stands and waits for the ball to get back in his hands. So he he didn't change his game for Kevin Durant. He didn't change his game for James Harden. He didn't change his game for Bradley Beal. So it's going to be really interesting if, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth times the charm here with Russell Westbrook in terms of his, his playoff performance and sort of how he changes his game to fit the stars that he's been playing with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I just – it's just interesting, guys, because, you know, Westbrook, like you mentioned, these stars that he's tried to play with and it didn't work, I think will motivate him to make it work now. He might have to take a step back and look at himself in the mirror and say, hey, this is my last shot. Agreed? We'll see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I know that we've said this before. So um, I'm curious to see, you know, when the when the lights get bright, Russell Westbrook has a little, you know, it's Russell time in him. And <laughs> that has been to the detriment of his teams historically. And yeah. it, it can lead to some really high highs, but we have seen it lead to some really low lows. And it's just going to be interesting to see when the ball's in his hands and it's crunch time, 
Is he going to yeah. look dudes off to look for his own shot? If there was ever a time for Westbrook to become a competent off-ball shooter, it would be right now, but I just don't know if he's capable of it at this point in his career. Yeah, yeah, that's what everyone's waiting to see because um, he's had, you know, Durant, I mean, Harden, and like you said, Bill, he's had some some good teams he's been on that it just didn't work. I, th- I thought the Houston team would work with him and Harden. Uh, they, they fell short um, in, the, in the bubble against the Lakers. But I think now at this age, coming back home, it's going to be interesting. I just don't know. And it's because the chemistry, you know, they, they said they're working it out. They supposedly had this powwow where they said, I'll do this, I'll do that. We can make it work. So I, I, I'm, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see. I, I don't know if it'll work, but it's interesting. That's all I can say. It's, it's very interesting. The West is stacked, though, with Utah. Yeah. I think they are just going to be still there. Phoenix re-signed Paul, and I, I think Williams is a great coach. Denver's Denver. Um, see if Murray can come back to form uh, from his injury. And uh, Dallas and, and, and Portland are the two that I'm really kind of waiting to see if Kid can get those guys going. Uh, it's a lot of soap opera stuff going on in Dallas. Um, and then my guy, uh, Chauncey Billups, over, takes over in Portland. If he can get those guys to jail and, and get them over the hump, they have some talent there. And then, you know, you got the, uh, the Splash Brothers back. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if Kerr can get the Warriors back to prominence. Uh, even though they were in the playing game, they, they still were not the team that they were in the past. So uh, we'll see if uh, Green and company with, with Thompson back, you know, the, the core, if they can make some noise um, with that team. Um, as far as uh, teams that have improved the most, guys, like, they, if you could name one team that has just adamantly improved their roster via the draft and free agency, what team would you say comes to mind? We'll start with you, Joseph. You know, it's it's tough for me, um, but the team that I feel like did the most to get better for next season, like you can look at it and go, okay, they're definitively better than they were. It's, it's the Miami Heat. Um, I just really like the moves that they did. They decided to really lean into their ethos and they signed a bunch of guys who fit that. And I think Kyle Lowry has enough in the tank to make them a top three team in the East next season. Yeah. I love when teams develop an identity and then make moves to fit that identity. And that's right. what they did this off season. And if Lowry and Butler stay healthy and Bam keeps improving, this, this team could really be a title contender in the yeah. East. That's that's a very good choice. I, I like that. Yeah, uh, Spolster's a great coach. And that roster is, is just, you know, not far removed from making it to the finals. Right. And uh, uh, that's that's a good one, man. Uh, I really like the Heat. Uh, the East is getting really talented. Um, For sure. Uh, what do you guys think about Chicago? I mean, they, they, they end up landing Lonzo Ball. They got Voyages, and they also – you know, got Zach Levine, one of the the, the true budding, uh, I think, superstars that could become in this league. Um, can that team become formidable? You know, they just also can't forget uh, DeMar DeRozan was added. Uh, what did you guys think of the move Chicago made, uh, Jacob? Yeah, I thought I, I had some mixed feelings about it because, first of all, the DeRozan deal just didn't make a ton of sense to me. He signed mm-hmm. three for 82, and I just don't know if there's another team out there that would have competed with that money. Um, 
not to say he's not worth it. I mean, you can make the case he's not, but I just don't know if there's that market for him at this point in his career. Um, mm-hmm. They're better than last year for sure. They're probably a play a playoff team, although the East is kind of getting to the point where there's more than eight teams that should be playoff teams. So it's going to be interesting to see who breaks through. But I love the Lonzo Ball pickup. I think he's going to help make their younger players better, uh, especially Patrick Williams. I think he could have a huge second year in the NBA. And, yeah, the Bulls are going to be really fun to watch this season. I'm in the the same boat. It's going to be tough to figure out. I mean, it's either going to work and everybody's going to be like, oh, wow, what great moves they made, or it's going to be – a disaster i think um not that i think that the players they brought in are are bad i just think what's what's the team's identity how exactly are they going to play you know they don't have a lot of defensive pluses they have three guys who are defensive neutrals to minuses in their starting lineup now um, and they don't really have guys who i feel like are going to clean up a lot of misses um and it's just, I mean, yeah, I think they're going to be fun to watch, but I think it's going to be a lot of 140 to 127 games, um, and it just depends what side of a coin they fall on there. It's also just a lot of guys who need the ball in their hands. Uh, yeah. I mean, Lonzo's very capable of playing off ball. He proved that last year with how great his three-point shooting was. If that's sustainable, then definitely he can do it. But DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic, all really high-usage players. So it's going to be interesting to see how that offense breaks down. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see if they're going to move Levine off ball more um, because he had the ball in his hands a lot. Yeah, but DeRozan is such has taken you know steps forward as a playmaker over the last few years in San Antonio. So I kind of wonder if they're they're going to put the ball in his hands and let him facilitate a little bit more because he has taken great strides in that area, you know, over the last few years. Now, now hearing you guys say that, I mean, Billy Donovan, he was great in, in, in Florida, college coach. And he was so-so in Oklahoma. Um, what do you make of Billy Donovan? And can he, is he a solid coach to get them over the hump? I mean, you, you talk about Zach Levine, you know, have the ball in his hands a lot. That comes down to coaching and his style. Do you think Billy Donovan is that coach to get them to a, a final or possibly a championship? Um, I don't know. I'm not really, like, an expert in this area. So I don't, I don't want to speak at a turn, but – talking about billy donovan always brings up ptsd because i'm a ucla fan and he really robbed me of uh, celebrating a national championship uh those those two years so um i get i just get you know my eyes start switching when i think of his name i don't really know if i'm like sold on him as being this like great nba coach uh he might be a better college coach than nba coach but We'll see. I mean, this is going to be another opportunity for him to show that he can manage star players because now he has names on his team that he's going to have to, you know, bend his will to. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that works out. I think he's a get them to the hump kind of a coach. I don't know about get them over the hump kind of a coach. I mean, I think this team yeah. could definitely be prone to a first round exit depending on who their matchup is. Like if they go up against the Bucks or the Nets or even the Sixers or the Heat in the first round, like I'm not picking the Bulls in those series. So it'll be interesting. Right. They feel like a game one team against a higher seed where we're like, oh, maybe the Bulls are, you know, a step farther yeah. than we thought, and then they lose the next four. Yeah. 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 And they just to me, I look at their team, and not to state so much on the Bulls, but I think Daniel Th- uh, Dice is a is an underrated guy. 
Kobe White, I yeah, think, is sure. so flashes of, of being a, a talented uh, scorer. I mean, he's he's quick, he can score off the dribble. I don't I don't know um, how good uh, Nikola Vucevic can be. I think he's so good, but I think he doesn't sustain greatness. But he is super talented. So I I think they have the makings. I think Thaddeus Young is still there also. Do you know if, if you guys know if they brought back Lori Marketing? Uh, Lori, I think, is still a free agent, if I if I remember correctly. And I think Thad Young was in the DeRozan deal. So I think, yeah. I think Thad Young is in, is in San Antonio now. Okay. Yeah, I know uh, marketing was coveted. I'm surprised no one has picked him up, if that's the case. Yeah, and, and uh, they've made a lot of moves. I mean, they, they traded yeah. Carter. He was one of their young draft picks. And uh, I think Otto Porter is gone. Uh Mm-hmm. They let uh, Skadaransky, uh is also one of the young guys that they like, you know, they, Denzel Valentine. But yeah, that's it's going to be interesting to see in Chicago. I think Lonzo got a lot of money. I think they gave him like $85 million. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, now, as far as teams in the East, uh, what do you guys make as far as Philadelphia? And they just re-signed and beat. And... Ben Simmons, there's word he's not returning calls. He's kind of turning to shelter from every communication uh, line as far as with the front office and teammates from what I hear. Do you think Ben Simmons returns to Philadelphia? What happens with Ben as far as uh, his future in Philly? Uh, Joseph? I think Clutch has made it very clear that the relationship is over. Mm. Yeah, he's not playing another game in, in Philly. Yeah. So do they, they do they trade him or basically they have to find a suitor? Right. Yeah. There's got to be a deal out there. There's got to be something that they're working on and they're just trying. You know, it's one of those staring contests because both sides know a, a deal needs to get done. I think the unfortunate thing for Darren Morey and those guys, though, is Bilson is probably at his lowest point uh, right. in trade value right now. And I think mm. if they moved in before this past season, they probably would have gotten a lot more in a deal. So it's going to be tough to kind of swallow that and just say, like, all right, like, we, we have to do it. Um, but I think there's a lot of young teams in the NBA that are willing to make offers of young players or picks uh, to acquire Simmons as kind of a centerpiece for their development project. But the Sixers are a win-now team, especially with Embiid's health uh, question marks moving forward. I'm not sure how long his ceiling is going to last as a player. They kind of have to maximize this season and the following season. So they have to get win now players back in the Simmons trade. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you heard this. I know you um, you have your ear to a lot of the, the beat with the Clippers, Joseph. But the Clippers, I, were, I know L.A. was where he wanted to basically be on the West Coast, California, preferably. Um, there was rumors that the Clippers were going to offer, um, you know, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, Sue and a couple of picks for Simmons. Would you do that deal? And have you heard anything like that? Um, I haven't heard anything really on the Ben Simmons front from a Clippers perspective. Uh, I know with like potential moves, um, the front office is really tight-lipped. I know that I've tried really, really hard to get people to become sources for me and it just doesn't happen. Um, So, you know, I would trade for Ben Simmons. I would. Um, I think he is undervalued at this point. I think he's a special player. I think even if we rewind four or five months, you know, we're having a totally different discussion about Ben Simmons trade value. So 
if you can do it, I think you do it. Um, if all it took was Marcus Morris and Zoo and Terrence Mann, I think that's a no-brainer. Um, I don't really know what picks the Clippers have to dangle, so it, I've never really entertained it as a as a real possibility because I just don't think they have the assets to pull it off that would make you know Philly say yes when there are other teams out there, namely Portland, maybe Minnesota. Um, might have younger guys who are more attractive to Philadelphia and, and the ability to attach picks. Kind of a question for you guys. Um, I guess the three big names that are kind of in trade rumors right now would be Ben Simmons, Dame, and Bradley Beal. Who do you think is the first one to go from their current team? Ooh. I, I think it's two at the same time. Interesting. Inter- interchangeable? I, I think I think the the Dame for Ben Simmons deal yeah. makes too much sense if there is some kind of standoff going on between the players and their front offices. Yeah, I mean salary wise that makes a lot of sense. And I mean for Philly, it's such a no brainer deal. Um mm-hmm. to bring in Dame to go with Embiid, like that makes them Ooh. right there with the Nets in the East. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, there was a lot of rumors with that, guys. You know, just they were saying pretty much to after the Olympics were over that something could go down, and that Dame has yeah. already had uh, whispers with people close to him that he wants out of there. I guess they're trying real hard to get Cha- Chauncey Billups to kind of calm him down. Supposedly had a, they had a meeting in Vegas uh, before he left for the Olympics and try to soothe things over, but I, you know, I don't know how that went, but. No, Chauncey's a good talker, so uh, I don't. Uh, that would be interesting to see, man. That that would shift the 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 landscape of of the uh, NBA. Mm. For sure. Yeah, I, I just uh, did. You guys hear that? That he did want to, you know, prefer to be in California, a California team. That could be Sacramento, Golden State, Clippers, or Lakers. But, but that's pretty much it. I mean. I, it had come across, you know, friends talking to me had been like, hey, have you heard this? So I don't know where the rumor started in the rumor mill, because sometimes these things become bigger than they are. Yeah. You know, one guy says something offhand, and then all of a sudden, all of us are talking about it, and then it feels more real. Um, but I had never heard anything concrete, like, hey, the Clippers are working to do this, or hey, the Lakers are trying to do this. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I do know that the Warriors were interested, but then they, I think they were concerned about the fit between... Draymond and, and Ben Simmons together. That was sort of the reporting on that. I'd say the most likely California team that could end up moving for Simmons would be uh, the Kings. What would that deal look like? Something with De'Aaron Fox, probably. Um, wow. Centerpiece, I think. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. So yeah, they, they have. So the, the Kings kind of brought in. Um, Davion Mitchell in the draft. They have Buddy Heald. They have Tyrese Halbert. And they, they kind of just have too many guards right now. Yeah. And I think they are going to make a move of some kind. Uh, they moved to the Lakers for a little while. And I think that might have been their uh, move. But uh, De'Aaron Fox might end up being the guy to move. He's on that max contract now. So the salary would make sense with Ben Simmons. And yeah, I think he could help. He could help Philly compete. Wow. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Any team, they have the assets to move. 
Um, you know, I, I don't think he'll be happy in Sacramento, but hey, he'll get his wish and get out of Philly. That arena really needs nice. to revive his career, though. That's true. Yeah, yeah, change of pace. It's just a fresh start. Super talented, man. I just think the Philly fans are brutal, man. I mean, that play, I think, is going to kind of stick with them and, 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 you know, his his lore of his career as far as him passing up that ball and a you know, clean look at the uh, dunk layup, whatever you want to call it, and he passed it away. Ah, that that just that stings. I think uh, the Philly fans will not let that go. And uh, Doc kind of threw him under the bus a little bit in the post game, so I think oh. that that rubbed him the wrong way. Don't even get me started on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Doc and uh, you know Elden, you know ex Clipper guys. Uh, so I think they feel comfortable um, working deals with Lawrence. Um, and company, so if, I think the Clippers were able to move something. Now, now, Joseph, I mean, our Jacob, uh, any the Clippers don't have any assets as far as draft picks, like you said earlier, right? No, I don't think they can move first round pick for quite a while. Yeah, they gave everything to Oklahoma pretty much as far as future first round picks. Well, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of the 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 steepen rule. I can't remember if it's Stephen or Stephen. I think it's Stephen. Um, they're they're tied up, so you can't trade consecutive years. And I know that we're That's about right. to start hitting the giving them away and the swap portion of the picks that they gave up to Oklahoma City. Interesting. Uh, now, guys, I know uh, the summer league's been going on for a couple weeks. I just want to get you guys' thoughts on uh, some of the things that have stood out to me and if you guys have any knowledge of this but um ball the ball brothers the 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 three it looked like they could be the future of the nba lonzo just signed um Mello, jello uh the leangelo uh the, the leangelo looks incredible right now in in vegas um have you guys saw him and what do you think as far as the future of three ball brothers being in the nba We'll start with you, uh, Jacob. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch Leandro uh, Ball in Summer League. Um, I know he's been definitely catching some headlines. Um, I don't think he's quite on the level of Lamelo and Lonzo, but um, yeah. I know he was quoted as saying, like, I belong in this league. And, yeah. I mean, he's he's making a name for himself, so he can probably carve out a roster spot for him. But, yeah, I think Lamelo is – on his way to becoming one of the best guards in basketball in the next few years. I agree with that. I, you know, I've seen a little bit, some highlights, some, you know, watching games and passing. Not to be a, a buzzkill here. I'm not super impressed with what I've seen from Jello. Um, I think his shot mechanics are super unorthodox. I think he's gotten a lot of headlines because he got hot a couple times. Um, He's basically just been chucking, which is really if you want to make a name for yourself in summer league, that's all you got to do. Just get shots up. Don't pass to your teammates and just hope to hit enough to where, you know, you get some house of highlights videos tweeted out. Um, you know, I, I think I think the other ball brothers are, are good NBA players. I think Lonzo is a good NBA player. I don't necessarily know if he's like a superstar or a star. But I think he's a solid role player, you know, a solid starter in the NBA. And I think 
Oh man, I, I don't know. I don't know how long it's gonna take for. Um, why am I blanking on his name? It's because we were talking about Jello and Zo, and then it's Mello, Mello, Low Mello. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's gonna be really good in Charlotte. I think he's a really exciting player. Um, watching him play last season was was really great. So, I think he's a, he's he has the most star potential of the three. Definitely agree with that. You know, it's crazy, Joseph Van. Um, Lonzo started out so hyped, you know, because of his pops. And then Magic Johnson's press conference after the draft saying, you know, don't break all my records. And he had a great summer league, uh, you know, before he started his career. And then your guy, Pat Beverly, first game oh, yeah. against the Clippers. <laughs> Man, he, he put, I think, a little bit of welcome to the league in him. Like, mm -hmm. he... he he clamped him, you know what I mean? So I think he kind of got a reality check, and I think that might have um, kind of gave him a, a, just a reality check and gave him, a, humbled him in a bit because uh, it showed him, you know, you got work to do. But I still For think sure. he's a ta talented kid, and I think the of the three, I think the youngest one is the most super talented, and this kid is special. He plays with so much energy, and just his... His charisma, just you know, he's having fun. You know what I mean? And he's, he just, he plays with so much speed, and he's a little reckless at times. But you can see if he can slow it down a little bit and let it flow a little bit more naturally. I think um, he's going to be something to watch. Really, uh, I think he'll be um, a lot better than Lonzo, just because he actually has a shot. I don't think Lonzo's shot is consistent at all, but um, he still has a lot of room to grow. For sure. Yeah, uh, but much props to the um, to the dad, man. He he uh, pretty much spoke it into existence, to say the least, because he kind of was looking at a, this this kind of loud, like fool in a way to the media. But hey, you got to give him his, his props and say he did that, man. Any father that could see three, possibly three boys make it to the league and have two boys be top, you know, three picks in the NBA draft, man, that's huge. Yeah. Hey, and he got a he got a segment on this show. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pops is is doing it, man. He's he's a true hustler. Now, guys, I uh, just want to thank you for coming on. Any final thoughts as far as any latest news in NBA? I I wish Pat the best of luck in Minnesota. I think he wants to stay there. I know there's some rumblings about is he going to get bought out? What contender is he going to go to? But. I know the GM there, um, Gerson Rosas, was the guy who actually helped Houston bring Pat on. So I think he's going to relish the opportunity to, you know, kind of coach up a, a young team and um, leave his mark there. Okay. Jacob? Yeah, I agree with the, uh, the Beverly tag. I think there's a chance that Minnesota becomes the Simmons team. Um, they definitely have the young assets to make it happen if they want to, but – yeah, Beverly could be on his way to Philly. Um, other than that, mm -hmm. I think he will stay with Minnesota, um, at least for this season. So definitely not L.A., definitely not a playoff contender like the Clippers were the past couple of years. But I hope he carves out a role for himself and I hope he stays healthy and can make some money next offseason. Uh, his legacy with the Clippers is definitely something I'll remember for a long time. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I'll miss Pat, man. But I'm, I'm one thing I wanted to say is that the Christmas games were announced recently and uh, the Christmas game with the Lakers in Brooklyn will be interesting. 
Um, and I want to see if those teams can stay healthy. You know, that's that's one of the one thing that I really want to watch is to see how those two teams uh, health progresses during the year. Uh, that's going to be a great matchup. I think everyone wants to see it. Um, you know, LeBron and KD, the marquee guys in the league, you know, so um, uh, that's one thing that I, um, I want to watch is that game and uh, see how the, the Christmas games unfold. For sure. The one, the only gripe I have is that Utah got a game. Uh, I'd much rather it be Denver and, or, you know, I'm a Clippers guy. So having that final game be Dallas Clippers, I think would be really interesting, even without yeah. why. Um, but, you know, I guess they yeah. had to reward Utah for losing in the second round again. <laughs> I guess that's what they were doing now. Yeah, you know, I was crazy. I don't know the Clippers get a Christmas Day game, but I, I, I wasn't uh, holding, holding that hope for too long. Yeah, I know, for sure. I was just surprised, man. I'm, I I don't know what it is about watching Utah, man. They just bore me. Every time I, I watch a Utah game, it's just like a, a yawn fest. I, I'm I, with I just, you. I can't I'm get into you. their games, man. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I would, I would have much rather have seen anybody. I mean, Denver and Dallas would have been a better game than Utah. And, For sure. And, uh, but the rest of the games are cool. Phoenix, Golden State is all right. Um, Atlanta, the Hawks and the Knicks, Milwaukee and Boston. Um, all pretty good slate of games for Christmas. Last one is only one. It's a bit of a, a bummer, but uh, the uh, be good matchups all the way around. Open the presents too, for sure. Yeah, I'm hoping we get to see Steph and Clay versus CP and Booker on Christmas. That'd be pretty sweet. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that'll be real nice. You guys think uh, Clay will be back to form right away? No. I, I don't know. I saw a video of him recently, um, and he did not look to be moving well at all. I'm I haven't heard anything concrete. You know, I, I've been meaning to ask you know the people I know that cover the Warriors if he's actually going to be ready to start the season because um, he definitely looked kind of rusty. But he he's coming off two major injuries, man. Yeah. I, I I'm kind of curious to see if he's even able to get back to 75, 80 percent of what he was before the injury. I think the one thing he does have going for him is the fact that he's not kind of that explosive off the dribble score. He's more just right. Um, I mean, not to you know relegate him to just catch and shoot, but I mean, he's obviously one of the best catch and shoot artists of all time. But mostly, just saying that he may not need as much of the explosiveness to come back right away for him to be good at scoring. But defensively, I think it's going to be a concern right away. Right. right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, I think Kerr will scheme to keep him safe. But they can only do so much. Yeah. But that team is talented, man. Uh, if, if they can get him healthy, man, uh, that'll be a big get. You know, he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. And he's getting up there in age. Right. All right, fellas. I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, please let our audience know where they can support and follow your work. We'll, we'll start with you, Jacob. Yeah, so I'm doing all my writing on lineups.com these days. Uh, a little bit of basketball, a lot of football, fantasy football, uh, a lot of sports betting stuff. But you can follow me over at uh, Wayne underscore sports on Twitter. Uh, I post most of my articles over there. Joseph? And I am Joseph Wright Ward. Um, you can listen to me on the Clipset podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Clipset Pod. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my name is my handle. It's Joseph Raya Ward. Um, you will get pretty much exclusively Clippers positivity on 
on your timeline if you follow me. Love it. All right, well, that's another show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Rational Hour, signing off.